Go. <laughs> Jay, Webb, Garrett, what's Hi. up, man? How we doing? The Web Interview Show. Thanks for having. Thanks for coming on, man. I'm your host, Matthew Whiteside. I'm here with Jay Webb Garrett, author. Um, Jay Webb, man, what's going on today? Uh, not much. Just nice, chilling out, trying to keep warm because it is freezing outside. Where Where are you located? Uh, Central Illinois. Central Illinois. Is there a lot of snow going on right now? Uh, we haven't had snow for a while. It's just been frigid. Frigid. <laughs> it's like freeze your nipples off kind of frigid, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kids used to say colder than a witch's uh, titty when I was a kid. I don't know if you've heard that one. Oh, yeah. You've heard that? Yeah. It's like that out there. Well, at least it's not sure. snow. I guess you can at least go outside, right? Yeah. So you, what have you been up to today? You doing? Uh, you been writing? Yeah. Yes. Working on book number four. Book Brian number Webb. four. All right. So great. So you've got three books out right now, right? Yep. Awesome. So let's go. Uh, it's a book. It's a series. Uh, the first one's by itself. The others, okay. the others are part of a series. So let's go with the, the first book you published. What's the name of it? First book I published was Neon Calico. Neon Calico. That's the one I'm looking at right now. The cover art, and that's the one you have up on your Twitter and your Facebook page is your uh, background? Yep. So that cover art's awesome. It's like a futuristic um, cyberpunk kind of look. Mm -hmm. So uh, what's the book about? Uh, the book is, as you kind of surmised, is a, uh, is a cyberpunk story. Uh, I did some cheating. I read. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. Um, it's about a, a young woman, the, the title character Calico, who is kind of having a little cyberpunk adventure while she's trying to discover who it is that she wants to be, how defined is she by where she comes from and her past versus who she envisions herself as. Um, okay. Complicated by how much of her is still human with all cybernetic robotic implants and stuff like that. Oh, so she's like a Android part. What cyborg. do you have a name for it in the book or is it uh, cyborg or Borg or. So she's trying to overcome her past and uh, kind of prove herself. Trying to overcome her past. She's trying to, Prove herself more to her eye, her own eyes than anyone else's um, and break away from the ties that her past and specifically her family are trying to force on her based on on their more to her more archaic beliefs of uh, human purity and the not use of augmentations and things like that. Oh, so there's ideas of, like, because she's cybernetically enhanced cyborg that she's no longer, like, a pure human and she's not good anymore. Like, she's half half race or whatever. Yeah. Wow. So that can go pretty deep, I guess, then, huh? And the social, uh, social climate and all that kind of stuff. 
that was that was one of the ideas behind it is touching on on some of those issues through a a fictitious lens as it were even though i guess it's becoming more and more non-fiction as we as time goes on i know that's neat that you went in you uh you took that approach um how long has this book been out uh it's been out for almost two years two years okay and did you uh self-publish this or was this are you uh i'm self-published you're self-published awesome um, I saw I saw on your uh, Facebook that you were doing some book signings, right? So how do you get into the book signing thing? Is uh, being self-published? Do you have an agent or? Uh, no, I have a really awesome uh, local bookstore. Shout out to Bob's Books in Charleston. Bob's um, Books. Who, yep. Who has just been an incredible aid to uh, any local author in letting us. Uh, basically letting us stock our books there, uh, selling them for us, and allowing us to have writing events or book signings or things like that. Just any anything he can do to kind of help the local authors he's been trying to do. So wow. It's been a big time. That's awesome. Hey, Jay Webb, can I ask you real quick? Because I don't want sure. your, uh, you to be cut off when we do when the video gets uploaded. Could you uh, like move the camera? A little bit just because you're kind of on it there you go perfect yeah i didn't want to cut off i don't know if it might have but anyway so that's cool so that book's been out two years um and and then you said you have you started a series so you yeah. have two books in the series now yeah. and you're working on the third mm-hmm. cool so what's the series called uh the series is called the morgan song okay so uh, what's this about pardon what's this one about uh, this one is an urban fantasy um, focusing on Irish mythology. As I've read a lot of urban fantasies, they're one of my favorite genres, but I've never seen I've never seen any of the books tackle Irish mythology very heavily. I've never even. Can you give me a uh, like a um, an example of Irish mythology? Okay. Uh, well, the. Irish mythology's uh, probably most well-known hero that is often equated to Heracles or Hercules, and sometimes jokingly called the Irish Hercules, would be Cuchulain, uh, known known for being this heroic, wondrous badass with a super <laughs> spear that can kill anyone it strikes, and it, it's it is big, over the top. Uh, myths and legends that are just fantastically fun and at times just horrifying to think about. <laughs> How did you get into this? Um, the the Irish mythology comes from from two parts. One is though my my family is not strictly speaking Irish. We're American mutts, like everyone. Yeah. Um, right. I <laughs> my grandmother when I was growing up at her farmhouse would occasionally tell me crazy, like she would use mythology as bedtime stories and often ones that she just heard as a child. And she told me a few that I came to realize later were from uh, Irish mythology, Gaelic mythology. I have no idea where she ever heard them, but they, they very much stuck with me. They very much resonated. Okay. And then later 
I was watching a, a YouTube series while I was working on kind of a draft for the next books I wanted to work on. And a series called I think Tales Foundry had a video of where's all the Irish mythology. Just talking about how Irish mythology is not as present in popular culture as Greek or Norse or anything like that. And right. I just thought, yeah, where is it? So I'm going to write it. <laughs> so you found you found a need and you filled it, basically. Pretty much. And I can imagine there's a, I mean, since, because honestly, like, that's not something I've ever heard about. But, uh, I mean, I, I guess Irish mythology, all right, and this may be stupid, so you can you can virtually slap me if you think so. But, like, yeah. leprechauns, that's, is that Irish mythology? Sort of. That's more Scottish. But it's really insane. It's there. The problem with leprechauns, and I might be thinking of the wrong thing here as well. They don't have, from what I read up on them, they don't have a known source of their myth. Ah, uh, origin. It's <laughs> cool. Which, like, yes, they they're they're pro- predominant in Irish culture as well. Um, uh, actually, more so. I realized. Now that I'm thinking about it more, but they they're they're very popular, um, and they've popularized the idea of the Irish Fay. Or um, I pray I'm not butchering this because I write it more than I say it. She. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We're, uh, it's okay to make mistakes on this show because I I make more than anybody, so <laughs> it's no it's no problem. <laughs> but yeah, the the leprechaun is is like this. Yeah, it is Irish. I'm. I when I said Scottish, I'm not actually sure where I was thinking with that. No, it is Irish. That was my bad. That's okay. So there. So the leprechauns Irish, and there. And then you said that the say the name of the one you said was a uh, like Hercules, Hercules, or again, Cuculane. 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 Uh, literally translating to Kulane's dog. So what's a Kulane? <laughs> uh, Kulane is a guy that when the kid who w- would eventually be Kukulane would grow up, um, he accidentally killed his guard dog. And so that left Kulane without a dog. So this kid said, Hey, until you raise another one, I'll be your guard dog. Oh. And so became Kulane's dog or Kukulane. Kukulane. How long did it take? So it sounds like you've done a lot of research for all this stuff, uh, which you've been writing. So the the uh, the books that you have in this mm-hmm. series, what was the series called again? Uh, the Morgan Song. The Morgan Song. So, um, how long did you, did you do research for this before you wrote, or did you do the research while you were writing? How long did the two books I've, take? I've been at Mythology Geek for so many years now, uh, even before. Like I was actually publishing my work, so I, I pretty much try and read up constantly. Anytime I come up with a, an idea, or um, usually it's because I've read something that I'm inspired to then put it in the book and introduce yeah. other people to it, um, such as Irish mythology in general. Right. I know a lot of people like you have no. Real knowledge of it. No, I, yeah, I'm excited to um, 
to read the books. I want to I want to read your books because it's it's something a take on because I'm a huge Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Norse mythology. Like I love all that stuff. Like Rick Rorian is uh, one of my favorite authors. Um, obviously, like the game game God of War, like just because of the the heroes and the the titans and all this different kind of stuff. I mean, the the mythology, yeah. the the gods of the gaps, right? It's like they created these gods to fill in spaces that they didn't understand, and it's it's happened in all different cultures. Um, but to see you know a different culture's take on it, like an Irish culture's take on it, it's it's cool. I'm I'm. Irish, Scottish, Scandinavian, stuff. I don't know. But it's nice because, you know, I don't know a lot about Irish history or, you know, beliefs. That's cool. And uh, so what are the names of the two books? Uh, the two books, the first one was The Eye of Baylor, And Baylor. the second is Curse of the Black Dog. Curse of the Black. So that's that has to do with uh, the main character then. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the main he, character is, is uh, actually one of the gods or goddesses of the, the uh, primarily pa- primary pantheon, uh, the uh, Tuahe de Donan. And I'm probably butchering that one too. Danan, Donan. I'm, I'm not actually sure. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's like I see them written all the time. But I don't hear people say them. Um, no, like I can read words really well. But then when I have to spell them or say them, it's like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <Just like> <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that to my friends all the time because I slur words and mess up all the time. I'm like, I'm a writer, not a speaker. Exactly. Yeah. Cut me some slack, pal. Um, <laughs> so are these these books are also available on Amazon? Yes, these books are available on Amazon, uh, both digitally and in paperback. Okay, awesome. And I was going to, uh, is there like a, a Mount Olympus in Irish mythology? There, there is, um, though it's less only the home of the gods. It's more the home of everything that isn't a mortal or human being. Um, it's All typically the creatures. Yeah, it's typically just called. Um, let's see, there's other world is kind of one of the most common uh, phrases for it. It's also just called, uh, at times called Fairy, uh, like oh. capital F, Fairy. Okay. So these are these are primarily fantasy stories, right? It's a uh, fantasy, and then Neon Calico is is a uh, science sci-fi. Yep. Okay. So what is the, and I like to ask everybody this question, what's kind of the inspiration that got you? I know you, you talked about your grandma telling you the Irish history stories. Um, but what's the inspiration behind wanting to write sci-fi or fantasy? Like, why do you write what you do? I write what I do because sci-fi, fantasy, uh, primarily fantasy, that's that's what I grew up on. I grew up, my mother reading me, you know, bedtime stories that rather than, I mean, I don't actually know what most households would read their children. But she read me like I was uh, read the back of shampoo bottles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take I'll take mine. I was I was written I was uh, read uh, Elf Quest by Wendy and Richard uh, Pine. I um, the original Jungle Book. The oh yeah, um, and a whole bunch. And then eventually, I started reading them myself. And fantasy just 
fantasy and then later uh, science fiction have just always been such a strong part of my life that I really, it was just always natural. I've been writing stories since I was probably around six or seven. Yeah. And it just kind of grown from there. Wow. Yeah, I was going to ask how long you've been writing for. It's it's amazing, too, because this is one of my other beliefs. I feel that, and we talked about this before the interview, that everyone has that story inside of them, right? But we all can't write these nonfiction, like, memoir-style things because I know for me, I've tried doing that, and the visceral nature of it, it's almost too much much to uh, put onto paper, I suppose, for me. Um, but when I write in sci-fi, when I write fantasy, like this last book I wrote, it was it was all my story, you know. It was completely my story, but it came out in a sci-fi way, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like we don't we don't necessarily stop uh, stop telling our story. We just find a different channel in which to get it out. And mm-hmm. that's uh, so. It sounds like that's what you're doing with the the sci-fi and the fantasy, right? Very much. I I usually take. A lot of stories start with something I'm struggling with or something that uh, just bothers me and just it grows from there as I work through it myself or at least try to and becomes uh, becomes usually not an answer, but at least my own thought process on the subject. Yeah, it's amazing, right? Like we, we almost like work out. The, it's like doing a math equation with words it's like but it's like an emotional math equation that we're we're trying to figure it out we have no like i'm writing this book about a guy who uh has massive success from publishing his very first book and i wrote it because i have this fear of like what happens if i ever become successful because i've never been successful (laughs) so i feel that man i feel that (laughs) it's like what would i do i didn't know you know and i it truly terrified me so like I'm literally writing this book hoping that the character like shows me the way somehow. What are um if you don't mind me asking like what are what are some of the questions you ask when you're writing? Uh with the first one especially with with Neon Calico, um a lot of the questions were what what does it mean? What does it mean to be human is kind of the big overarching one. Mm. And like I know that's that's touched on a lot in in science fiction and and cyberpunk, but there were also questions of um diversity, sexuality, um self-worth and I guess the big one would be is it okay to just decide your own path or should you walk the same path that has been like, has been laid out for you? Right. In life? And well, what'd you figure out? <laughs> <What'd> you <find laughs> out? <laughs> with, with that one, I, I came to like, you can only, you can't only live your life. You can do good by yourself. And in in the spirit of that, take risks, walk your own path. It's I mean I'm if independent author that's that kind of defines my life. <laughs> yeah, right. It's and it's it's true because there's 
there's so many fears out there to do certain things. Like I know this scared the crap out of me at first doing this, but I knew that it excited me more than anything else. You know, like I, I finally got to a point in my, my life where I stopped listening to other people and I started listening to the things that light me up. You know, the the stuff that resonates with me that like for whatever reason, like that har- harmonic vibration nails me in the chest and I'm like, yeah, there's some, I don't know what this is and people are going to think I'm weird probably, but it makes me feel like I'm on fire and alive and I'm just going to go after that. Right. And yeah. I think that happens with a lot of people in success when they, when they're going after successful things or, or trying a new way of life, because there's that fear of like, what well, you look stupid. <laughs> don't do that. You know, there's that fear of being different that, uh, I think I think you know. I mean, I know as a writer, I'm sure I'm. Maybe you feel the same way. It's like I've always felt like an outcast. I've always oh, felt like always. other. Yeah, always other. My like my thought process is the way I imagine things and the way I do things have always been outside of what the normal people would do, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's it's fun to to finally get on that path. So as an indie author, what uh, what have you seen some pretty good success or like what are the things the how you've been an indie author author for what like four or five years now? Uh, just just two since two uh, since Cali, please. Right. But success what? wise, financially, no. Financially, it's still it's been very rough. Um, mm-hmm. and. And I've had to rely on the help of, of friends and family through through part of it. And right. I hope that will be getting better, but it's still like. I don't know what the future is going to entail. Right. But. But there have been there have been moments that I will definitely call success. I I received an email I think a couple months ago from someone I never I've never heard of. I've never met. Uh, just wanting to tell me how much they enjoyed one of my books and how glad they were to read it and how happy they were that they discovered it and that that made it worth it. That was success for me. That's awesome, dude. You gave me goosebumps, man, because that's that's what it is, right? Like that's the whole reason we write is because we want our story to resonate with somebody else. And even if it's just one person, I mean, but I, I I'm learning this too from doing these interviews and talking to other authors. Um, I've talked to some already that are like hugely successful and some that are still starting out and like working on getting their, their, their books written and all that kind of stuff. But it's about that persistence, you know, it's like, you know what you want, you know, your work is good. It's like, you're, you're still following that voice and it takes time, you know, time takes time. Um, I mean, I just started myself self-publishing, and I imagined, because I'm a maniac, that <laughs> I would immediately be a millionaire, and people would be not, like, I, I imagine publishing companies, like, knocking down my door, like, begging me to come to them. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's never going to happen, right? It just means right. that it hasn't happened yet. But I can't if as long as I if I stop writing, if I stop working, then it never will happen. It's like we just have to keep doing what we love. I I kind of have a bit of the opposite in that I I I have a bit of 
self-loathing depression issues and so i i don't expect like i never expected i never expected any real good to happen to me through this and because good has happened it's helped encourage me to keep going and there's also a self-motivation of this is what i am i am a writer so what what can i do i can keep writing yeah and so true it's it's a way it helps it helps cope it helps deal with a lot of a lot of my brain crazy and gives me gives me a focus it gives me a constant and yeah it goes a long way to helping make everything else a bit easier yeah and so you i mean you get a chance to pour that out into your stories right Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff that's so cool, man. I um, no, I mean, I, I can I can relate because I definitely, I I come off when I when I say that I imagine amazing success. I dealt with a lot of uh, depression. I I'm in recovery right now for alcoholism. Um, and going through those times where I just absolutely hated myself. You know, I didn't think I didn't deserve a good life. And uh, you know, working a program and then writing again. It's like I get to write, and this happened when I was writing my last book. It was that I realized while I was writing that I can literally write my own story. I can literally write anything and everything I want and change whatever my past was, you know? It's like I can, I can rewrite my own history by starting from this point. And it was such a profound thing for me when I was writing the story because there's a lot of, like, um, cutting away of past past selves in my story and becoming the hero that you're meant to be and this idea of unlimited power from within that uh, that comes from deep personal pain and depression and sadness and like just feeling alone all the time and uh, and that's one of the the things that I, is I call it, I think magic I think writing is magic you know we write about magic a lot but I literally think that writing is a, is a form of magic you know, the way we trans transmit emotion and feeling into words. And uh, I don't know what else to call the power of being able to put words on pages and let people see visions of great adventure and fantasy. Magic is a great word for it. It's I know, right? Like it's it's the only way I can explain it, the feeling it gives me. And uh, I mean, it sounds like that's what you're doing, and that's that's fantastic. And I want to ask you too. I mean, this kind of just goes right into that. So, what's your legacy? What what do you want to leave behind? If people read your books, what do they? What do you want it to say to them? Honestly, my what I hope when someone reads my books is that I hope that that helps them have a good day. I hope it brightens their life in a small. Maybe significant, maybe insignificant way, and that's that's really what I hope for. I'm not looking to radically change someone's life or leave behind this grand legacy of this great legendary author. I'm just I'm hoping I'm hoping I made someone else's life a little bit better. Wow, man, that's profound. That's that's awesome. Thank you. If you know, if all of us kind of had that attitude on, on Earth, we would uh, the Earth would be a much much nicer place. You know, if we all just kind of walked out and tried to make somebody's day a little bit brighter. 
So yeah, it's it's kind of what that's kind of my aim is it's what I feel I can do. So might as well. There's no reason not to do it. Yeah, and you do it with whatever with, it, with whatever capabilities you have. Obviously, um, you're a gifted writer, you know, um, and that's when we transmit story. And that's what I mean. It's funny because you're writing about mythology and stories, and and you're basically just carrying on that same legacy of of telling stories, of transmitting feeling, emotions, and all these different things through your writing. So it's it's neat how 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 it all kind of works out that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're working on book three now, correct? Yep. All right. Book three of the Morgan Song, yeah. Uh, how far into it are you? Oh, um, I just hit... I'm about at the halfway point of the second draft. So, oh, okay. so you've written the whole first draft. I've written... I read about, wrote about 70-80% of a first draft and okay. just got a, a change in a story beat that significantly changed the whole work so i jumped straight into the second draft okay um so when are you do you have like a goal date in mind that you're gonna want to have that done or uh my goal is to have it done by the summer but that's going to depend very heavily on my um editors and beta readers okay do you how many uh beta readers do you typically use? do you have like a group of people you Always go to. Or? I I have a group of people that I try and send it out to. Um, often I'm lucky if I hear back from two of them. Uh, so, but I, I have two people who very heavily go over my book and help me with editing, and then I have again around five five or six people that I regularly send stuff out to um, to say what they think of it, and I try to make sure that they're. Not just my close circle of friends that have all of my same interests, but often people who have very different interests than myself to see if they can still enjoy it. Yeah. And you aren't afraid to tell me that it's garbage. I know, man. Like, right now, I'm still looking for good beta readers because not that I don't have good beta readers. I'm just, the the ones I do have are, like, really close family, and they're always just like, oh, it's beautiful. I love it. You know? I love like, it. Come on, tell me that. Tell me it's, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I want you to throw in the trash. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but that's yeah, a process. Do you have um? Do you want to give your editor a shout out? I mean, I don't know who you're using, but um, if you like them, I don't know. If <laughs> well, they're again, they're not they're not professional editors, but uh, they're uh, Deb Harada is one of them. Um, okay, she's. Uh, she's really good, and she helps me with a lot of like grammatical catches that I miss and things like that. And then another one I have, uh, Leah, who is great at story beats and elements of that, are the two that I use most heavily. Okay. And again, they're not they're not professional, so I don't really think I should give out full all their information. No, 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 yeah. no, no I'm not. Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's nice having people that. Uh will help you with your work. I know with my first two, I just kind of did it all on my own, not knowing the the whole process. I was just excited. I actually wrote a book. <laughs> That's I'm still, I'm still kind of there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You know, like I put, like I put 80,000 words in readable format. Enjoy the story. People <laughs> stop telling me I spelled something wrong. 
That's <laughs> fantastic, man. Awesome. So you got that book. How um, do you have like a goal or a quota you try to reach each day with words and how much you work? Every day I set myself a goal of 2,000 words. Okay. Um, some days I do much, much more. Other days I struggle. Yeah. Um, and I probably write at least double that on average, but then, of course, that gets deleted, rewritten, back, forth, back, and forth, until I end up with around 2,000 words a day. Okay, cool. You you write every day? Do you, you don't take any days off? or I, I take weekends off um, from my 2,000-word-a-day goal, but I still am usually outlining or plotting or... I'm still involved with the process in some way every day. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, I know I've had to try to f- figure out ways to give myself like breaks, like the weekend. Cause mm-hmm. when I first started out, I was so excited about writing. It's like, I wanted to do it all the time. And then I like went nuts mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's hard to, because you get yeah, to, a point have, it's like, you want to you'll have those great up moments. You'll have down, you'll have down beats. And that's why, that's why I gave myself a word per day goal is if I, if it's a, if it's a great day and I can write, you know, double, triple, quadruple that fantastic. If it's one of those terrible days, I'm like, no, struggle through, put words on pages. Even if you go back later and realize all this is crap and change it again. Anyway, just <laughs> it words written, fill blank pages and doing that over and over and over again helps get helps get books done it helps because if you if you only wait for those good days the good days aren't going to come right you'll be waiting forever hey that's it yeah you gotta just do the thing right the if you're always waiting for the feeling before to do something it's, you're gonna be waiting the rest of your life that's so true um Dang, I was gonna ask you. I totally forgot. Um, that's, but no, I love that about that. Uh, just getting, just getting the work done. Um, so, links to your work uh, are they on your Facebook? I was looking on Twitter and Facebook, uh, see if I could find some links, because um, I want to link all your uh, your books and your series to um, the YouTube video and all that stuff when I put it up. Yeah, yeah. they they should be on my Facebook if. If they're not, that means I'm going to go put them on the Facebook right away because <laughs> they're supposed to be on there. Let me see. There should be the like a shop now button that is searched oh, okay. for link to Amazon okay. page. All right, cool. I'm gonna put that on there. Um, awesome. Anything, anything you want to leave the writing community, your fans. Uh, Soon to be fans. Um, Any quote or uh, the best I could say is that no matter what, if you want, if you enjoy writing, then write. Um, I I often like telling this story of the first book I ever wrote that will never never see the light of day. Sadly, I wrote it back when I was in junior high. Nice. Every study hall, I, I would take homework home. I would. I was one of those weird kids who would actually do homework at home. Study hall was, I just take a break, and I started <laughs> writing every study hall. Okay. For an entire year, 
handwritten and ended up with at the end of the year with several hundred handwritten pages of this full fantasy epic story that was, you know, looking back on it, probably pretty terrible because I was not a, as good of a writer back then. But I made the mistake of over the summer, I spend, I would spend a lot of time out at my grandparents' farmhouse and I left that story sitting out one day. And my grandmother thought it was just leftover trash. So oh, it no. went into a burn pile. Oh, oh my God. That's so and sad. <laughs> that was your heart. When I found that out um, that weekend, I spent probably a week or two just in complete, I was completely destroyed. Afterwards, I just started over, and oh. I tell I tell people that's that's what you have to do. That's, that's a perseverance, dude. Yeah, I, my heart would have been broken. That's oh yeah, it was devastating. <laughs> I lose I lose a sock, and I pretty much curl up into a ball for a week. <laughs> like, no, I love that sock. <laughs> my favorite sock identical to every other sock <laughs> that's awesome man just keep writing absolutely um, J. Webb Garrett I thank yeah. you so much from the bottom of my heart for you joining uh, the Uniwebs interview show where all people become one people because we're all here for each other I love exactly. you both Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. We'll talk to you later, okay? All right. All right. Bye, brother. Bye.